Good morning and welcome to chapel. We begin worship this morning with a reading from Psalm 96. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the nations. For great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. He is to be revered above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. The word of God for the people of God. I invite you to stand as we worship and sing together this morning.
they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror, dimly, 
but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, and the greatest of these is love. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
Let's pray. God, we are so thankful for your love. So thankful for your care for us and that you listen to us when we cry out. That you hear us. And it's true, God, what a Savior you are to us. So God, now as we continue on in this time together, reflecting upon these words, God, may the meditation, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts here in this place be pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish, to childish ways. Do you ever think that whenever Paul wrote these words, that he might have actually been talking about how he had been acting in the recent past? Like, like maybe he was talking about how he was acting a week ago, or yesterday, or maybe even like five seconds ago. The truth is, I think that Paul gets kind of an unfair shake in history. We have all these letters, all these words that he's written, that they've been preserved for hundreds and hundreds of years, and they're full of wisdom, they're full of truth. We memorize them, we say them to one another, we meditate on them often. And we've, and we've kind of rightfully so, I think, we've built this image of Paul that is almost... Like, like nearly superhuman. For many of us, including myself, Paul has become an, like, a, like an, an, an archetype, a, a model of what true Christian discipleship and devotion should be. And that, and that we should try to like mimic that. But I, I, I kind of think that we do Paul a disservice when we cast him in this light of perfection. This kind of like, unpenetrable fortress of righteousness. Now think about that for a second. You see, I don't think that Paul was, was, was literally talking about when he was a toddler when he wrote these words. And I really don't think that he was talking about himself as somebody who had overcome his own juvenile tendencies. That he had actually like moved past childish ways. If I'm really honest, I tend to think that these words kind of came about in a moment of like, of like self-talk, where Paul's in a, in a corner kind of talking to himself and reminding himself, like right after catching himself in this moment of childishness, this moment of infantile action, and kind of saying to himself again, like, when I was a child... I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became an adult, I moved beyond these ways. Kind of reminding himself that his actions aren't lining up with his beliefs. Now this guy who had a face-to-face -face encounter with Jesus on a road, who we all look up to, and we see it as an example of discipleship. 
The reality is that he struggled with his own set of inner demons and weaknesses. And I think that Paul is talking about the kind of childishness that tends to stick with all of us. This childishness that lingers with us beyond puberty. The same childlikeness that seems to be sticking around in Paul's own life. I mean, let's be honest, you know what I'm talking about. How many times, whenever you were growing up, did you hear the words, excuse me, we don't hit back. And as you walk up to an adult and they say to you, are you being a tattletale? Or at the dinner table, now you be sure to eat all your vegetables. Or at night, you need to put away all your toys. Or at school, don't cut in line. Or finally, stop picking your nose. But the reality is, these are all things that we still do. If adulthood means that you and I move beyond the lessons that we learned in kindergarten, then let's be honest, we're all failing quite magnificently at that. I think, I think Paul gets that harsh reality when he writes down these words. In this moment, Paul was taking a really hard look at his own tendencies to act like the most juvenile version of himself. And this really isn't something easy to do. None of us really want to be all that upfront about the fact that we don't always choose to act like the best version of ourselves. And the reality is, whenever I'm at my most infantile, whenever you are at your most infantile, when you're giving in to these childish ways, we tend to do some rather substantial damage to others. It's true. Whenever I'm wounded by another person, I really quickly seek revenge. I'm as stingy as anyone in the room, if not more. I have this insatiable need to be right all the time. And for some reason, and it usually comes out via Twitter, anytime someone has a smart remark, I tend to have a really quick comeback. And so this reminds me of something else that Paul writes in one of his letters to the Romans. He says this, he says, For I do not do the good that I want to do. Instead, I do the evil that I do not want to do. And so in that sentence, Paul expresses this reality that he is wrestling with the same stuff that you and I are continually struggling with. This reality that we all have this tendency to live in constant conflict with ourselves, with who we are sometimes and who we really hope that we could be. Always wavering between childishness and maturity. Knowing deep down that, that we can be this way, that we can be one way, that we can live this one way. This way that is marked by maturity and wholeness. 
A way that brings peace to others. A way that allows the love of God to radiate through our life and through our actions. But at the same time, we struggle to reach this full potential. And we're often met face to face with our own limitedness in the reality that we are frail creatures of dust. And I think that this is a small part of what Jesus was getting at when He said that you and I, every single day, must take up our cross and follow. Because you see, taking up your cross on a daily basis, that's a big boy task. That's an adult decision. That is a, that is a mature choice to make. It's something you can't do on a whim. It's about bearing this heavy weight of commitment and devotion to Jesus. But of course, when it comes to taking up your cross, this path of discipleship, this path of, of commitment and devotion, it's going to be one where we're going to struggle. We're going to make mistakes and we're going to fail. But the childish thing to do when we are faced with the reality of our own frailness, our own inability to always be the best version of ourselves, the childish thing to do in those moments is to just give up and to walk away. But the mark of maturity is taking up the task of following Jesus even when we know, even when we know that it is only by God's grace that we're able to face what lies ahead. If you will, stand with me for the benediction. It's my hope for each one of you today that you leave this place remembering that the love of God will never fail you. Go in peace.